0: I'm Paul John Spaulding, GM of Production at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with Mike Goldstein, President and CEO of Lan Infotech LLC, an IT services company in South Florida, to talk about credit card safety and other online cyber safe shopping tips for the holidays. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Mike, before we talk about credit card safety and other online payments, I was hoping you could just tell us a bit about yourself. And also I have some insider information Right, working here at Cybercrime Magazine. I work with Steve Morgan every day. I know you guys worked together in the past, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about that leading up to where you are today. Sure. Well, I will say that Steve Morgan was my first mentor in the IT industry. Uh,
1: started with him with a small company probably 30 plus years ago. Uh, um, Steve and I started uh, in the IT industry together, You know, working with Novell Networks, working with Netframe Super Servers. It was really uh, working with his entrepreneurial spirit
0: and uh, keep in touch all these years later. And Mike, I'm wondering too, like I know you guys installed, I believe it was networks back in, Steve was saying the 1980s, he just gave a rough kind of decade timeline. I'm sure things in cyber in particular have changed quite a bit. I'm sure things in networking. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about how things have changed over the years. Sure. So I'll tell you the one major change. There was
1: no iPhones. There was actually no real internet, all save no public internet. Not everybody had a computer or something in their hands. I remember traveling on the plane, you know, being one of the first people, one of the only people to have a laptop. Mobile computing was having this big luggable laptop, maybe finding a phone cord, plugging it into it and working over analog phone lines to dial into non-graphical services. So, and then when we were working, I'd have a pager an actual pager, and I'd have to go and, yes, find a payphone, Some to <laughs> actually return a phone call and hope that I had money in my pocket, change, which is also going away. The market was much different at that point. People weren't working from home, and there was really no mobility. So it was just a matter of people not understanding
0: technology and, and looking for a better way to run their businesses. And, Mike, maybe you could just tell us a bit about your company and what you do and where you're located, things like that. Sure.
1: Land Infotech, South Florida, we offer full-scale managed services, cybersecurity,
0: VCIO services. So, Mike, the reason we wanted to have you on today is Steve saw you posted on LinkedIn. It was a very short post, but it was very effective because it basically had just a little warning about credit card safety. And especially during the holidays, now is a a very hot time where people are buying things, doing a lot of transactions, especially online. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about that post that you made and also why you made it, because I do think it's really important. Sure, we service all different types of business. But one of the big things that's very important to us in
1: our business and our community is public service announcements. We feel that cybercrime across the board is, you know, at epidemic type levels. So something as little as just reminding the people to watch out for credit card fraud. In all of our higher end cyber conversations that we have with our customers and we give them tips and tricks. We really have to guard and gather up our personal information. And I think it's very easy for someone to clone your credit card. It's easy to track that you had a fraudulent charge, but a lot of people just don't. So I thought it was really important for us to go out there in the beginning of the holiday season. And of course, now as we're coming down to the finish line of this, important to let people know that look at those transactions, make sure that you're really paying for the right thing, or at least analyze your bill.
0: Now, Mike, I know one of the things specifically mentioned in your post was about credit card information being stored in websites. And I know even a lot of websites, they do, or and when I say websites, I'm talking about online stores as well. They do everything they can to lock you in where they, you're saving your info into those websites and doing things like that. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about that? Maybe why that's a good idea or a bad idea or, I don't know, any thoughts you have there? So I think, yes,
1: for. Some of the major online providers, I do store my information in there, but we want to make sure that the account that you're using has some two-factor authentication. I think the biggest thing that we find in all customers, friends, family across the board is not only just saving the credit card information, but when you're typing that into your browser, that little pop-up that says, hey, do you want to save that credit card information? So I am talking you know, across the board, Chrome, Safari, Firefox, Edge. That information is stored on your local devices and your local machines, non-encrypted. And if your machine gets compromised, the first thing the bad guys do is suck up all that data and that credit card information. As convenient as it is to have it always
0: pop up is just an easy source for them to get you and scam you. So it's not even just necessarily saving the information into, say, I'm shopping at Target and I'm not calling them out specifically, I'm just naming an online store that I shop at. So if I'm shopping at Target, it'll tell me, okay, you could save your info, you can make an account, you can do all these things. But it's not only that, it's also the browser you're using, even on mobile, that'll save that info. It's kind of that double-edged sword, so to speak, coming from those two ends. Correct. Correct. So listen, we, we all shop, we go
1: out there, and if you're a repeat shopper at Target or any of the retailers that are up there, extremely convenient. So for those, I usually say, make sure that the account that you're putting that information in has two-factor authentication, have something, know something. Could be a text to your phone, could be an email, but more importantly, look for those browser pop-ups because that's too can be very accessible by the bad guys if your machine or your mobile device gets compromised.
0: Now, Mike, I kind of go in two directions here because I first think about small businesses, but then also when I think about bringing it home, I think about, hey, my family, my friends, things like that. So do you think it's more of a thing for small businesses to keep in mind? Is it friends and family? Is it a little bit of both? I say a lot of both.
1: Two weeks ago, we were at a large event. I was uh, running a cyber panel. And really, we tell people, you got to practice what you preach. So in reality, you know, I used to coach all my kids in various different sports. And I always used to say in the practices, what you do in practice is what you do in game. So if you're a cyber-minded person at in the office and follow those pieces, you should follow those practices with your home and your family. And sometimes it's a lot easier to manage that stuff at home. That it is in the office, but I think it's a lot of both.
0: Now, it's almost about cyber education, awareness, cybersecurity awareness, because if you're someone that does do that at home, you're saying you bring it into the office, but also the same token, if you're doing that in the office, you're also going to bring it home. So if you bring these good practices home, kind of like a two for one almost. Yep it's really important to go out there and then also as you
1: have children grandchildren i mean we spend a lot of time not only with businesses in the community not for profits but do we do a lot of work with school systems for uh, some of the school systems they have digital citizen to just to teach the, the the students early on what to and what not to do one of our other Funny posts that we we put out that probably had a lot of traction over the years because password is is pretty easy. We said treat your password like your toothbrush; don't share it. (laughs) I like that. It's a very easy to remember motto, so to speak. Yeah. So I think that the the your digital footprint, you know, not only your credit card data identifies you, and you can have some financial loss. Your password, rogue Wi-Fi. I think there's a whole bunch of things we could probably spend hours on, but it a royal pain to have to get on the line with a credit card company, find out that you had some fraudulent charges. And usually, if you're not a digital kind of person, you might not find that out till the next statement comes in. Then you have to fight back and forth with the credit card companies. If you catch, caught it early enough, like let's say you caught it a couple of weeks ago, well, now you have to wait for the credit card company to get you your credit card. And maybe if you're one of those last minute shoppers, you're
0: down one credit card in this holiday season or this entertaining season. Yeah, I'm thinking about I think grandparents get the negative stereotype, which is, hey, they're not super cyber savvy. So they're going to make a lot of these mistakes. But there's other things out there too. There's spam texts with links that you can click on. There's false package delivery notifications, also generally with a link to click on to try to bring you somewhere else. There's gift card scams. There's lots of other things out there. So do you think that people should just go into stores if you're shopping for your family? Should you just go into a store or should you still feel safe shopping online? I'm just trying to gauge where listen it's hard not it's hard not to stay online depending on what age group you're at
1: you could be an elderly person just can't get out whether it's flu or COVID or you just can't get to the stores I think it's a convenience factor we do believe it or not go out there and speak at retirement communities and organizations to go out there I think you have to itemize the bill you have to look at that and you're right you have to read those emails there's so many different ways that the cyber criminals can get at you Business-wise, we started this a little before Halloween because I kind of view that Halloween leads into Thanksgiving, which leads into Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas shopping. We started with all of our clients, you know, phishing campaigns that we've sent out and we've pushed our education awareness across the board for all of our clients. And in the month of November, I probably spoke at various different organizations on cyber awareness. I think we call it your digital footprint. Managing and maintaining that both for business and personal. So, I think you're right. Awareness is the most important thing because we can't stop what we, you know, we can't stop the
0: convenience of being able to shop online or, you know, shop on your mobile device. Absolutely. And something I wanted to talk about as well, and we were actually talking about this before we started recording this podcast. And it's, hey, okay, if I, so I'm using a credit card to shop online. And if I do get a fraud charge, okay, I can cancel it and whatever and do that. And you touched upon, well, yeah, you can do that, and yeah, you'll get the new card. But if it's around a bill pay time and you pay your bills with that credit card, or if it's around a shopping time, you're trying to get presents for everybody, it's going to actually throw a bit of a. Uh, it's going to stop the, the the wheels from turning a little bit. I think it's an inconvenience factor. Listen, I'm sure if we dialed one eight hundred
1: one of the credit cards today, I'm sure there's a there's a busy line that's out there. <laughs> It's annoying. Listen, you could go out there and it could affect your credit score. It could affect something that you didn't buy because you you're, they don't immediately take the charge off, right? So if someone ran up something large. So it's an inconvenience. Sometimes it takes time to work through these things that are there. And listen, mail is going to be slow this time of year anyway. God forbid you needed that credit immediately this week for maybe your uh, Christmas Day dinner or the New Year's
0: Eve night. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, Mike, a lot of things too that I think about are other online pay services. I know there's a lot of check out with PayPal, check out with Google. If you're paying friends and family, there's Venmo, there's Zelle, there's, well, you could also do PayPal if you're paying friends and family. There's lots of these online things, whether you're reimbursing someone for something, say at a Christmas dinner, or you are checking out somewhere online to pay for something. So I'm just trying to get your thoughts on that because I know that they use some different tech sometimes to shield your credit card, but you would probably know a bit more about that. And I'm just curious about your thoughts.
1: So I use all of the above, right? I think we all have all those that are out there and Venmo and Zelle are available through your banks. But I think the one thing that people don't realize is that if you're paying for services, something along those lines with Venmo or Zelle, and I think they're great services, it's payer beware. Because in reality, if you paid for some services or a product through that and you just didn't get the product, there really is no recourse back with the bank. I think if you read the five, read between the lines there, they're clear that you authorize that payment. So I think a lot different than using a credit card or even a PayPal. There is some recourse that are out there. But uh, when you're sending money to someone's cell phone, very easy to transfer money, got to make sure that that is the person. And that you're not prepaying for services and then find out, oh my God, you know, I didn't get the gift. I didn't get the services that were provided. I think it's a, a quick, easy way for people to get money without having to pay service fees. Obviously, the back end of the credit cards are a little more expensive,
0: but you don't have any recourse to go back to the bank. Absolutely. It's a lot of confirming the identity of who you're dealing with if you're talking about a friend's and family. It's also understanding the business you're dealing with if you're talking about paying for goods or service, I think is. How a lot of these payment things do it, like PayPal, they label it goods and services.
1: But I think you know, with the Venmo and and, and Zelle kind of thing, it's like the old days. This is eight hundred dollars, but you know what? If you gave me cash, it would really be seven hundred. That kind of thing. When you paid someone cash, you necessarily didn't know what you were going to get till the job was completed. It's the same thing with those types of
0: services. Well, Mike, I know that you're based in Florida, and there's actually, and I'm I'm sure you're aware of this as well, but and I'm sure some of our listeners are as well, there's a little bit of a tech cyber hotbed in Florida. I know personally at Cybercrime Magazine, we deal a lot with know Before. They do a lot of cybersecurity awareness training and things like that. And they made the headlines a lot of the times with some of their fundraising and things. And I know that's in the Tampa area. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about, you're from New York. You said you were from the Bronx or Actually, I uh, grew up in Queens. Yeah. In Queens, excuse me. You said you're from Queens. So maybe you could just tell us a bit how you ended up in Florida, and I'm just curious about that a little bit. So uh, working with Steve, we found some great opportunities
1: that, are, that were in the Long Island area as we were both growing in our early tech industry. We had an opportunity to just open an office in, uh, in South Florida. We had a large law firm that loved what we, uh, what we had offered. That expanded to two law firms, three law firms, and it really started to take off. In the heyday of tech, travel and expense was included with the client, so I remember flying down to Florida. I was uh, living with my uh, two children in a two-bedroom apartment in Forest Hills and uh, missed many a snowstorm because I was down here in Florida. Picked up one day, uh, said to my wife, hey, would you like to move down to Florida? And, you know, we had an office here. It was a great opportunity for me to come down here, move my family to a new area. Moved down here in 1996, so still pre-internet times. But we find that, uh, you know, South Florida really has become a hot tech bed. My office is, uh, I'll say, maybe 10 blocks from Citrix Worldwide Headquarters. BlackBerry had a bunch of development. People don't realize that Boca Raton was actually the, the home of the development of the original IBM PC. IBM down here. Pisea, a lot of startups. So we're seeing it turning into Silicon Beach versus Silicon
0: Valley. <laughs> I like that analogy. And you do get a lot of nice weather, just like in California. It's a bit different, but it's also like that super nice Florida weather going to the beach. I hope you're a beach person. I'd imagine you of might be. Course, of yeah. course. <laughs> but I think, you know, having the tech
1: bed down here also is with a gateway out to Latin America and some of the Caribbean islands, it's a uh, It's a welcome change, uh, you know, seeing all these new tech startups that come down here and, you know, large companies expanding down here like Microsoft, like Kaseya.
0: Well, Mike, before we let you go, is there anything else that you'd like to share? And this could be about Florida. It could be about your own company. It could be about staying safe online or in person shopping in the stores. Any thoughts you have to share? I will say, so first of all, the most important thing
1: is we are all potentially the next cyber front page. So it doesn't make a difference if you're a small company, a one-person shop, a contractor. We all have to constantly look over our, our, our cyber shoulders that are out there and uh, tell somebody, you know, if you have kids, you have you have children, grandchildren, friends and family, make sure that everybody understands that this cyber threat is real. It's not just for people that make it on the front pages every day. So Be aware, look over your shoulder, you know, read every email and the bad guys are always looking to gather our data no matter how big or small
0: we are. Mike, I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me and uh, say hello to Steve. I'm Paul John Spaulding, GM of Production at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining me today was Mike Goldstein, President and CEO of Lan Infotech LLC, an IT services company in South Florida. To follow all of our media, go to cybercrimemagazine.com.